I do think this like notebook ass ending is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but it's what I think. It, but it, but it's clear it's what they had to do in a pinch. They took their season finale and made it like a series, and you you do what you got to do when you're getting canceled. Um, but now I understand, I guess, why Zachary Levy is still on about this Chuck movie because like he wants a decent ending, which I which is fair. Hello everyone, this is Alex. And this is M. Welcome to the latest episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. This is the podcast for TV lovers, movie buffs, and binge watchers of all ages. On this podcast, we'll be discussing what we loved, what we hated, and what's just a bit problematic about the TV and movies that we're addicted to, and a bit of rewriting where necessary. For much more exclusive content, become a show producer over on Patreon and get access to after the episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash good bad basic. Today we're discussing the back half of NBC's comedy action spy series, Chuck. Chuck goes from nerd herd member at a buy more to the CIA and NSA's most valuable asset after opening an email from his college roommate. The series follows an ordinary guy after he's pulled into the dangerous world of espionage with impeccable comedic timing. So what do we think made this series so enjoyable? Stay tuned. Alright everyone, here's some details about Chuck. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, stop right now and go do that. But if you're joining us again, uh, Chuck is classified as an action, comedy, romance, and drama. It was created by Josh Schwartz and Chris Fadak. It was released from September 24th, 2007 through January 27th, 2012 on the NBC network for a total of five seasons and 91 episodes. The series stars Zachary Levy as Charles Irving Bartowski, a.k.a. Chuck. He's our protagonist. Yvonne Storhovsky as Sarah Walker, uh, born Sam. She is uh, Chuck's handler and then later his partner and his wife. Uh, Adam Baldwin as John Casey. He is first a colonel, then a major in the NSA. Joshua Gomez as Morgan Grimes. He is Chuck's best friend and co-worker. Sarah Lancaster as Eleanor Bartowski-Woodcomb, a.k.a. Ellie. She is Chuck's older sister and a doctor. And then you have um, uh, Ryan Partland as Dr. Devin Woodcomb, a.k.a. Captain Awesome. He is Ellie's husband and Chuck's brother-in-law. Mark Christopher Lawrence as Michael Tucker, a.k.a. Big Mike. He is the original manager at the Burbank Bymore. Uh, Shik Shahai as, excuse me, Vic Shahai as Lester Patel. He is a member of the Nerd Herd and of the band Jeffster. Scott Krinsky as Jeffrey Barnes, another Nerd Herd member and uh, Jeffster member. Uh, Bonita uh, Fredrixi as Diane Beckham. She is a Brigadier General in the U.S. Air Force and Director of the NSA. She works for the Office of She works for the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. And uh, Sarah, John, and Chuck originally report to her. We also have a whole host of really interesting supporting characters um such as jordana brewster jordana brewster as dr jill roberts in season two she is chuck's college girlfriend we have scott bacula as stephen j bartowski chuck and ellie's estranged father linda hamilton as mary elizabeth bartowski chuck and ellie's long-lost mother 
and Kristen Crew as Hannah, Robin Gibbons as Jane Bentley, Timothy Dalton as Alexi Volkov, Rachel Bilson as Lou Pallone, Nicole Ritchie as uh, uh, Heather Chandler, and the Tony Todd as Langston Graham. So let's get into the series because Chuck was kind of goofy and very early 2000s, but it had a lot of it had a lot of great material. It had some gems in every season. So let's jump into season three. 19 episodes. Let's talk about it. Right. So where we last left off, Chuck had, I think he had lost the intersect and then (laughs) intersect like the, the super spy thing, computer thingy in his brain that makes him a super spy. And he and Sarah were going to like run off together because Sarah was like, we should run off together. And my guy stood her up at the train station. (laughs) he was like actually (laughs) let's not so now he is and then like he did so badly like or in like he his initial his initial sort of uh thing with the intersect and being trained to be a spy did not go well so and he was subsequently fired kind of and so now he's no girlfriend no job back at the buy more and he's you know he's doing what we all do when we're well not what we all do but what a lot of us do when we're sad and he's chilling in his bathrobe on the couch eating cheese balls not Mm. showering not shaving generally just not able to pull it together yeah poor Chuck and I mean this is another one of those things that makes a character like so relatable to the everyman right Mm mm-hmm a lot of his reactions and the things that he does are very much in line with, you know, what a normal person would do. You know, he's not like, he is, a, he is like technically a spy now, but he's just still an ordinary guy. And that's what makes Chuck really relatable and really lovable. Um, it's but- interesting. You had said something, I think, on the last episode that I had to like really sit and think about. And you were totally right in that you were like, the show is kind of sort of like incel propaganda. It is. It is. I don't think it means to be, but it it is. Like I feel like this is a show that incels would love. (laughs) It is, and but you know, and I was like, that's, and I was like, yeah, this is this is real. And I think to me, what keeps it from being that wholeheartedly is um, this performance by Zachary Levy, and uh, the performance by his uh, Joshua Gomez, who plays Morgan. we talked about how this show, about how the Chuck character is very similar to Seth Cohen from the OC. And, um, but when you think about Seth and you think about Adam Brody, I think there is like a definite like meanness. I think there's an undercurrent like of, of meanness and bite to Seth. And entitlement. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And entitlement uh, to Seth where, um, Zachary Levy has none of that. (laughs) And Chuck subsequently has none of that. And I think that's what really makes the show work. And it's what makes it from falling into incel, into true, true incel propaganda is this this performance by Zachary Levy and and the Chuck character. Um, Because Chuck really doesn't, (laughs) like, there's a real wholesomeness about Zachary Levy's performance in the Chuck character, and there's a real sort of like aw shucksness, uh, mm-hmm. and a sort of like I know that like I shouldn't have any of this, but like I'm gonna ask for it anyway. Um, that quality of it, of like I know that like you're crazy to do this, but like I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna work at it, and I and I really want you to to try with me anyway. That. Um, allows this show to not feel in Sully and, and I think allows the show to be so, and the character to be really lovable. I agree with that. Um, Chuck is not an entitled person and he's not an aggressive or angry person by any stretch of the imagination. And it's like you said with Seth Cohen, there is that, that, that anger and that bite right under the surface, right? Mm-hmm. And then when he gets uh, the girl that he's been lusting after all this time, Summer, he starts feeling himself and decides, well, if I can get this one girl, I can get two girls, three girls. It was never really about having Summer. It was about 
feeling good about himself that he could get the hottest girl in school. Right. Whereas like Chuck, when Chuck and Sarah finally come together, he's still very subby. <laughs> like he has a lot of sub energy <laughs> towards Yeah, Sarah. he does. And like Chuck cares more about Sarah's well-being and being an asset to her as a partner than just having Sarah as a girlfriend. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, which is why when he sort of makes this move to in this third season to uh, not run away with her and uh, instead be like, hey, like, I'm going to work on myself. Like, I I want to be with you and that's real, but, like, I don't want to be with you just doing whatever. Like, I want to be somebody worthy of you. I want to be, like, a spy. I think that that's a, that was a good choice from the show. We love a self-aware king that wants to grow as a person. Like, how many male characters have you seen like this on television? I'll wait. Not a lot. <laughs> like, there's not... I'm trying to think. Like, where... Like, yeah, I don't know that I can think of um, a show where, like, the guy is like, I want to be better for you. Like, right now, I'm a bum and I'm not doing anything. And, like, you do a bunch of things. And I want to be somebody who's worthy of you. I can't think of... there. I can't think of a lot of storylines like that. In fact, we get quite the opposite. We get the bum... Who's like, yeah, you're too good for me, but one way or the other, not through actual change and growth and self-reflection, but other ways, I'm going to get you. (laughs) 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 It's like literally always what it is. So seeing Chuck put in that light, and again, Zachary Levy gives real um, warmth to the character. You want to see Chuck succeed because Chuck feels like a good person. Right. Yeah. Like you, you want, you really do want it, want it for Chuck. Um, so we, so like, so yeah, we come back and he's, Chuck is basically, you know, Chuck is putting in this work to be a spy. He's not really good at the intersect yet. The intersect's in his head, but he's not really good at it. He's not like, he, he's not a real spy. He's still, um, has bad instincts so he's trying he's working on himself to develop to be to be uh what what like i said they keep referring on to the show is like a real spy a good spy and i actually really like that i like the idea that um if you had all the powers in the world or if you had like your superpower that won't automatically fix everything in your life. You still have to work on these back ends of your personality and of your skill level to be able to use your superpower effectively. Oh my God. You just made me realize what, what it is I like about this character. I like, I honestly, like a full disclosure. I like the character Chuck more than the show Chuck. That's another conversation, but you made me realize <laughs> what I like about this character so much. A lot of guys, especially guys who started off where Chuck did, no girlfriend, shitty job, no place of their own, who's living on his sister's couch, when they come into some power, they believe that their life is fixed now, that the only thing that they were missing was this power, which they now have. And so all of their horrible character traits are now um, highlighted and exacerbated, right? He mm-hmm. realizes I have this power and I have this access and I have all this new knowledge now, but all the things that were holding me back before had nothing to do with this. I still need to fix the parts of me that were broken. Like he still sees that the the inner work that needed to be done still needs to be done. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He does. He's like, I I still have to learn how to do all these other things to in order to uh, be effective in the way that I want to be effective. And listen, that's something I can get behind because I've seen this with men and women alike. You get a little bit of power, you get some connections, you get some more money in your pocket. And all of a sudden you start feeling like anything that was broken in you before is fixed now. (laughs) Right. And he does not go down that path, which 
which makes it so easy to get behind Chuck. And this idea, too, that he's a good spy, I think this is a good thing that the show does, even though it is very much like U.S. propaganda in the way that NSA and the CIA operate. The show is aware enough to understand that not all spies are good <laughs> and that not all people are in this industry because they want to help people or that they want to save people's lives. And they're just in it for the things we just talked about, networking, power, access. Right, right. Um, so yeah, so, I, get, I can get behind Chuck. I can really get behind Chuck as a character. He's one of the few male protagonists that I don't think is like deeply broken internally. <laughs> <laughs> right, he has enough conflicts to be conflicted, um, which will, I think, only increase this season when we, uh, and in the later seasons when we get into sort of Chuck's, when the show shifts its focus into getting into Chuck's family life. Um, but in this season, like, the focus is, like, Chuck is, you know, Chuck is out here to be good at this this spy thing. He he wants to do it for real now. Um, other than, even though he was just he was sort of thrown into this world, he's been here, and he really wants to give it his all this time. Um, so this season we also meet like a character that we had sort of introduced last season, but is definitely more prominent in this third season, and that is like. A special agent Shaw, played by Brandon Ruth, aka OG Superman. Well, not mm-hmm. OG Superman, but like I guess OG Superman in like the early two thousands. He right. like before there was Henry Cavill, there was Brandon Ruth, and um, he is definitely uh, not a household name anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know, definitely. You have to explain who he is now. Ain't life about a bitch? <laughs> Ain't that some mm. shit? We hate it. We hate it. Because he was all set up to be, like, the next big thing. And then it did not materialize. Uh, Oh, well, Brandon. I mean, his jawline was very sharp. But Henry's was sharper. (laughs) It was sharper. And, you know, Henry was a bit dumber. A bit more pliable. Listen. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. And you can edit this out. I'm looking at a picture of Brandon Ruth right now. And... I always thought that he had villain eyes. <laughs> <laughs> there is something pretty sinister about him, isn't there? Yeah, I was like, this is something off. He's, he's one of those people whose face is smiling, but his eyes are not smiling, and that creeps me out. And that is why he is a villain this season. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. We Listen, this is casting done right. <laughs> right? This is like a really effective, really smart, really intuitive casting director. Shout out to CTU person. Because uh, Brandon Ruth plays Special Agent Shaw, who starts off as somebody who is an ally to uh, Team Chuck, but is later um, revealed to be, and be, like, not revealed, but becomes and is revealed to be an agent of uh, The Ring. Last last season it was Fulcrum. Now it's like The Ring is our, our uh, evil agency. And he is a member of The Ring and is out to destroy Team Chuck, uh, and as well as... Uh, the CIA and America as we know it. Um, and that is our journey this season. Uh, we also, so, uh, like I said, the most of the season is spent um, Chuck becoming a good spy, uh, as well as there, and then there are, in between, there are all the sort of fun and funny uh, buy more shenanigans <laughs> that uh, are so great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, buy more is probably a character all on its own. It really is. And I want to say, like, shout out to this show, also has like a lot of like product placements, <laughs> particularly like, the biggest one being like Subway. Mm-hmm. And I just want to commend the show, like, for. I want to just commend the show for it because uh, they do a really good job integrating the the product placement stuff, but making it feel fun and funny 
instead of really horrible and awkward the way that other shows shows do. And I get it. You got to you got to get your money how you can get it where you can get it. Agent Shaw is is found out. But we also have some really interesting develops developments where we meet Chuck's dad and then we find out that Casey has a daughter and but also more importantly we find out that the intersect in Chuck's head that helps him be this really good spy is deteriorating his brain. Yeah, it only took us like three years to figure that out. <laughs> um, and But luckily his dad, who's the original architect of the intersect, helps him make like a, like a governor, they call it a governor, to help the, to help control the intersect in his brain. And we end the season with like a, a final like showdown between Shaw and, and Chuck. But in that, uh, subsequently, his dad dies. And that is, that's season three. That was crazy. They really brought Chuck's dad back just to kill him. I'm not mad at it, though. Because I really, I'm not here for new characters, like, mid-series anyway. Same, <laughs> same. <laughs> um, but uh, it was nice seeing uh, Scott Bakula. It was nice uh, uh, seeing my former Superman turn villain. Um and wasn't this a season where uh, Ellie gets married as well? Yes, Ellie does get yeah. married. Ellie and Devin get married. She's married to Captain Awesome. Um, cringe nickname aside, Chuck's brother-in-law is actually a really cool guy. I was about to say, it's interesting, because like when you first start the series, you think that, like, because they're like, oh, awesome, awesome, and they kind of say it in a like a derogatory manner and you think that like he's gonna be a jerk but he's not he's really is just like this really nice guy <laughs> do you know what else i love about the fact that Devin is a really nice guy Devin is a hot guy and a lot of shows like that have a character like chuck like that nerdy slightly socially awkward uh guy whenever they have a hot guy on that show the hot guy is positioned as the nemesis Right. And Devin's not. He's just, like, he really is Captain Awesome. He's just a nice, hot guy who married, like, Chuck's sister. And he is... And kept his alibi all these years. Like, he was the first one to realize that Chuck is a spy. <laughs> right! And, like, is really supportive and helps Chuck, like, when he asks for it. And and he only wants the best for Chuck. And, and wants the best for, like, Chuck's friends. Like, when he loans Morgan that money. <laughs> <laughs> that Morgan blows immediately. He's better than me. Cause I'm not, I'm not loaning your friends money. Like I don't care for family. <laughs> He's better than me, but like Devin's a really cool guy. He's really chill. And he clearly makes Ellie very happy. And you know what? She needs some peace and stability and a dependable man in her life. Cause their parents, who their parents, y'all, it's not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> Um, their parents just do whatever. Uh, so the season ends with everybody at uh, Mr. Bartoski's funeral. Right, right. Morning. It's a lot. It's a lot, but it, Imagine it's... Imagine mourning the dad that you haven't seen in how many years had they not seen this man? Like, they talk about, like, it was over, like, 19 years or something. <laughs> like, because yeah, they... Is it hold on? I think the mom is the one that left when they were little, and then the father left like like nine years after her. No, like cause I think they the father left like a year or something after. Okay, okay, okay. But yeah, so like your dad abandoned you pretty much. That's what it feels like. It doesn't matter what his story is because they didn't know what his story was. Then right. he comes back and then he like dies. Like that's a roller coaster of emotions. It's um, a lot. The show doesn't really like. I don't, the show doesn't really interrogate it that deeply, but I mean, shout out to Ellie and Chuck for sort of just like taking it because Chuck is very like, you know, he's very, I mean, I guess he's in like a really good place with it because he's like, I guess like I want to know you now and da 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 da. And he doesn't hold like a bunch of resentment. Truly um, a heart of gold. <laughs> truly, because I could not have been me. Um, he doesn't hold a lot of resentment, and me and Ellie uh, is the same. She doesn't like when 
they finally find their mother, which is uh, the big thing next season. Uh, Ellie doesn't really hold a lot of resentment against their mother. Um, they kind of, they welcome her back into their lives very easily. Uh, a bit Those too- people do not deserve them kids. I just <laughs> want to put that out there. <laughs> so shout out to them for being really good, really well-adjusted people. Um, season three, good, bad, or basic? Um, I will say that season three was actually better than season two, so I'll give it a good. Um, I'm going to give it a good as well. I thought, uh, it was, I was really, it was really enjoyable to me. Um, so season four, we kick off season four with a flashback of young Chuck being read a bedtime story by his mother. Um, in the season four opener, basically, we're, we're back with, we're back with uh, Chuck and Sarah have reunited. Um, last season, at the end, when their father gets killed, Chuck makes a promise to Ellie to stop being a spy and to stop doing spy things because of how it essentially killed their dad um, and how it's threatened his life many times. And Ellie's like, I can't, you know, you're the closest family I have and you're everything to me and I want to feel secure and I can't feel that way unless you quit this job. And Chuck agrees like a really good brother. He's like, okay, I get it. I'll stop. But Chuck is on a mission to find his mom. And in order to find his mom, he has to do some off the books spy stuff. Again, he's better than me because I'm not trying to find a parent who doesn't want to be found. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, lady, you know where we reside. Like, come through, pull up. Um, but he's a better person than me. And honestly, season all the seasons showcase this, but I think it's more evident in seasons three and four. Chuck and Ellie have a really great relationship. It's one of the few brother-sister relationships on TV that didn't feel like like they low-key hated each other and wanted each other dead, where the brother wasn't like super controlling of of his sister's autonomy and her decisions, and there was no weird sexual undertones. Right. <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> it's sad that we have to be like, oh, there's like a bunch of weird sexual over undertones with brother-sister relationships in media, but like there are. There are. Y'all be casting people that want to fuck, and it's not okay. <laughs> not okay. It's weird. It's just giving weird energy. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the season opener is Chuck kind of jet-setting all over the world to find his mom and, you know, with his BFF Morgan along for the ride. But yes, by the way, by now, Morgan knows he's a spy. Um... This is actually one of the, th- the choices uh, in season three and subsequently season four, with, which is like, I think is smart that the show made was to finally start bringing in the people closest to Chuck in on his like spy secret. Because mm-hmm. he- I was afraid about Morgan because Morgan looked like he can't hold water. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, right. And but Morgan's always so like down. He's always just so excited. <laughs> Yeah. And that's that excitement that worries me. I'm like, you're way too jazzed for this. Like, do you understand people die doing this? You know, I, they justify it by being like, Morgan has just hopped up on all this, like, you know, TV and pop culture and video games. <laughs> so he thinks it, it, it looked like Ritalin, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he finds it all very exciting. Um, and I don't know, that's an explanation I kind of go with. Okay, we'll we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. I will take it. But Morgan is very much, um, I won't say the breath of fresh air because this is not again, this is not a super heavy show. But he gives a childlike whimsy to the series, especially when he's pulled in, um, and developed mm-hmm. further, right, and brought into Chuck's world. There's mm-hmm. something about him that's very much what every twelve year old would, how every twelve year old would react in the situation. <laughs> <laughs> right exactly exactly 
But yeah, I love the Morgan character. A lot of the characters on this show, even the ones that we don't see much of, um, they don't bring any like heaviness to the show it's it's very easy it's very light this season they got their money up because the guest stars baby they had lindo hamilton they had uh dorf london they had carolina korkova uh they had like oh my god they had isaiah mustafa they had steve austin they had stacy keebler uh, some of these people fell off but just me when i say all of these people were a-listers at this time in their lives <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were they were doing things. They were trying to to transition and and get this stuff up. So you guys, Robert England, the original Freddy Krueger, shows up this season, episode six. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he does, and it's really fun to to see him. So Chuck is on this search for his mom, and he eventually finds his mom. But we find out that. Their mom is works for like this really bad arms dealer named Alexei Volkov. And Timothy Dalton, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so cute that they would bring one of the James Bonds on a spy show. I thought that was kind of cute. Right. And he would be playing like a James Bond type villain, right? Yes. It's really it, it is a really actually it's a really clever turn from the series uh, and the show and the writers. So Alexei Volkov and like, and like I said, Chuck, when Chuck meets, like when his mom finally finds him and they, they meet up, um, Chuck is really welcoming open arms. (laughs) Like she gives him a little spy mission and he's just like, yep, we're going to do it. Meanwhile, Sarah is me. <laughs> and subsequently, the rest of the audience. And Sarah's like, I don't trust this hoe. Oh, wow. Sarah has, like, big, like, I don't trust this woman energy. Like, I don't trust you. Like, I don't trust your intentions. I don't trust anything you're saying right now. And I'm um, 100% on board with her. <laughs> same. I'm 100% on board with her. Sarah questions everything she's like i don't i'm not feeling any of this um and chuck is like you know i trust my mom so trust me and she's like i have to protect you because you know we're together and i'm your partner and you know we're romantically involved so no (laughs) right um and she is kind of well she's not right but like the, she's right and she's wrong. She's she's because Chuck's mom does double cross him because that's what parents who abandon you tend to do. <laughs> um, and I guess Sarah's working from her own sort of like daddy parent issues, because uh, as we learned in some previous seasons, her dad is a con artist and. You know, he raised her to con people with him. So she has a lot of issues. And Sarah's dad is also always, like, abandoning her. He's kind of... Sarah's dad comes in and out her her life at his whim. So she's very, you know, don't trust these parents energy. That's where she's at. Right. I mean, she has a revolving door, daddy. So I don't blame her. Um. So when it looks like Chuck's mom is doing the same thing, she's naturally very protective of Chuck. And she's right to be because Chuck's mom takes, uh, does something really no good, terrible, bad. And that is she double crosses Chuck uh, and with, you know, sort of lying to him about about her status and and what she's doing as well as who initially she lies to him about who Alexei Volkov is and they unwittingly end up helping this sort of big bad arms dealer and then to top it all off she um uh takes the she get she takes a device and she takes the intersect from Chuck's head which then subsequently gets him kidnapped in the -hmm. next episode. So Chuck's mom does not have the best, like, introduction. 
She doesn't. I mean, it's Linda Hamilton from Terminator, so I knew she'd be about that action. They, she's she's one of those lucky people who's never been cast to play f- fluffy characters. So I knew when she got cast in this role, the drama would follow. <laughs> yes, it's a lot of drama. It's so much. Um, and, you know, Ellie has her own issues this season as well because um, her dad shows up briefly and she's, like, investigating some of the stuff that he's doing because he's never on the up and up either. So both of them kind of get tested. They they want their parents to be different people than they actually are. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, so after Chuck basically, after Chuck's mom takes the intersect from his head, um, Ellie... And then not only she she takes the intersect from his she takes the intersect from his head, but then she burns down she she burns down um all of Chuck's dad's research and uh writing and files about the intersect and how it works. So initially it seems as if they don't even have the resources to sort of like put another one together and get it back in Chuck's head, right? Mm-hmm. Well, luckily, their, uh, Ellie's dad had left her a car um, at, as, you know, a parting thing from, a parting uh, thing from his death. She inherits this car, and in the car is one of uh, Chuck's, Chuck and Ellie's dad, a.k.a. Orion. It's one of his old laptops. And from that, Ellie, who is like a neuroscientist, is able to put together another intersect to to replace the one that Chuck's mom took out. Right, right. Now, mind you, as we said before, the intercept uh, back in season three, they're like, this is going to kill you. And you know they found a way around that and saved Chuck, right? But like right. that's not why that's not why his mom took it out of his head. <laughs> yeah, she took it out because she just felt like he shouldn't be doing being he shouldn't be a spy. Which, like, like we don't. I don't even know if she's being protective or if she it's her own agenda. But it seemed like a combination of both. Right. Which to me, I was like, well, girl, like you haven't been here since they were nine. Like you don't really get to parent now. <laughs> <laughs> right you showed up real late like they're grown you can't parent adults <laughs> <laughs> like it's over now <laughs> like no like we can't take a trip down memory lane right now and if you really want to help your son why wouldn't you tell him you want to take the intercept out of his head rather than just do it without his consent <laughs> right or be like hey i really don't want you to do this thing because a b c d e like you like when you're when your kids are grown you have you just make arguments right you just like be like right. i don't think this is a good idea because a b c d but you don't right really- or give them like the wisdom of your experience at least like this happened to me being a spy i do not want this to happen to you <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's not what happens um she does the most um and their parents are i won't say trash but um um, they're, it's somebody's treasure, not mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but their parents are not cool. Their parents are messing with their lives, messing with their minds, and ultimately putting a huge strain on the relationship. Because I don't think that that Chuck trusts Ellie's dad any more than Ellie trusts his mom. Uh, excuse me, that Chuck trusts Sarah's dad any more than Sarah trusts his mom. Right, right. And then, um, so then, and then it, you're right. And then it further puts a strain on Chuck and Sarah's relationship because then we find out that like Chuck's mom is kind of like semi-legit I guess like she really is trying to take down Alexi Volkov and Volkov Industries from the inside and that she dedicated herself to this work after Chuck's father's died after after not after Chuck's father died but after um uh Chuck's father had like abandoned them and and their marriage fell apart cuz she felt like this was the only there, there had to be like something good that happened you know out of like her her marriage disillusioning because of because of her 
be, being this uh, undercover agent in this uh, sector for so long. But, but, but then, like, a part of me was like, so then, like, why are you so booed up with that man, though? Like. Exactly. Exactly. Oof. Questions that need answers. Um, I believe this is that season where Chevy Chase rolls through as well as Ted War uh, as the Ted War character. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he comes through in like season two, but he was uh he was Stephen Bartowski's nemesis this entire time. Um, and apparently, like the mom, she doesn't really know what side she's on. Honestly, like that's the feeling I got from her. She's saying she's doing these things so that, it, you know, all her work wouldn't have been a waste of time or she's doing X, Y, Z to protect her son. But it really just looked like she's out for herself. I got the feel. So this is where, like, I think it gets wobbly in this season. It to me, it felt like the writer, like the initial choice was for her to be bad mm -hmm. and to be like just bad, bad, like bad to the bone through and through and then it felt like the writers didn't want to put the character through that or like didn't understand felt like maybe the character would change some way and then they just flipped it to this idea that like oh no she's really good it's just that like she's been in this bad situation for a while that's what it felt like to me I'm going to have to agree with that. It really did feel like she was initially supposed to come in as a villain. Um, and they're like, nah, that's too much alias energy. Scale it back. <laughs> scale it back, yeah. <laughs> um, scale, it, scale it all the way back. Um, because alias gave us some other like that. And uh, after Chuck, um, Scandal gave us some other like that. <laughs> right. But I think they, they, they really didn't want to um, have this, like, earth-shattering revelation with this character because he is not a morally great character. Chuck is decidedly good, and maybe that would be something that the character wouldn't be able to, like, move past, you know? Right, right. Um, well, yeah. What do we think of season four? Good, bad, or basic? Season four to me is, uh, I'm going to put it, it's, it's, it has its great moments and it has its wobbly moments. This season ends with Chuck and Sarah getting married, by the way. Um, yes. They finally, there's like a whole, there's a whole like plot where like Alexi's daughter, which who knows, uh, who knows like what, um, that is, but like. Alexi's daughter uh, takes over Volkov Industries and tries to kill Sarah and then, you know, takes it back at the last second. We also learn that um, Alexi Volkov uh, is not actually Alexi Volkov. He's this guy named uh, Henry Tuttle, not Henry Tuttle, but like some sort of like benign name. Yeah, Alexei Volkov sounds better, more threatening. <laughs> threatening. But we realized that he was actually the very, very first person to get the intersect in his head and that he and uh, Chuck's dad were friends and that um, something went wrong with the first intersect trial and it messed up his brain and he became truly Alexei Volkov. And essentially the CIA is responsible for creating one of the world's worst sort of like arms dealers which i thought was like an interesting turn from the show mm -hmm. mostly because like the show seems like is very like rah 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 like the cia <laughs> aren't they so great <laughs> like um so that felt like an interesting turn to me and um but you know they all they sort it out and they get him back to himself and the two crazy kids get married and and that's how season four ends um Season yeah, four, I thought season four was good. Yeah, I thought I think it's like good minus for me, mostly because of the mom. I mostly because overall the plots are like kind of con. It it feels too convoluted than it should be. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with that. I'll t I'll I'll wait. I'll rate it a good minus as well. Well, no, I'll just rate it good because um, Chuck and Ellie's Chuck and Sarah's wedding made it for me. I really enjoyed seeing that. It was very cute um, and very, very uh, typical 
you know, cliffhanger type situations, which I love. Um, so I'll give it a good. But yeah, I, I do think that the season was not as streamlined as the previous. Right. There was just something... Because, like, the whole thing with Shaw kind of took up most of it all the way into the end when there's that final showdown with Shaw. Um, so that felt like a through line through the whole season. But this is, like, uh, it. you know, first it was this, then it was that, then it was, like, he doesn't have the intersect, then he has the intersect again. And then it's, like, a whole thing. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, and then, like, now there's this new villain person with, like, Decker. I don't know. It's a lot. So, but, uh, but it's fine, and it worked. But, and it it worked for the most part. So, talk about the final season of Chuck. Season five, which was 13 episodes. So, I, I think they knew their run was over. This was the shortest season since season one. Um, and... The show does, uh, I think it makes a lot of good moves. Um, Sarah starts her own spy company with Chuck and John Casey decides to join them as well. Um, You know, um, they own one of the buy more stores. (laughs) Right. Uh, I feel like this, it's kind of like, this is our last season. Let's remind them why they fell in love with the show. It's, it feels very much like early seasons, which I liked. Right, and they they do something really interesting, which is that uh, Chuck, and something I actually really like, which is that, so Chuck, once again, like, does not have the intersect in his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morgan does. <laughs> uh, they, which low-key is Morgan's dream come true. <laughs> yeah, low-key, high-key, it's Morgan's absolute dream. Um but I really like, but I really, really like this choice. And I'm going to tell you why. I like this choice of, like, then the intersect of now that the intersect is gone, like, Chuck is still a good spy. And that really the intersect was just this powerful thing that you he needed to be a spy. He didn't really need. It was just, like, a help to get him to the person that, he was always going to be. There's something about that that I really like. I like that as well. So because now it feels like since the intercepts no longer in his head, he's not stuck in this life. He's actively making a choice. Right. He's he's making a choice and he's making a choice to be good and better. And I like and then by putting the intersect in Morgan's head, I like the sort of um tension that creates. Because now he's sort of, like, questioning of, like, well, now that I don't have this intersect in my head, like, do I feel happy for my friend who does have this, like, super awesome, like, superpower? Like, how do I navigate all those feelings? You know what I mean? Right. Because as much of a... As much as this made his life inconvenient and changed it radically, you get used to something after a while, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like having a cheat code and then having that taken away from you. It it almost feels like a handicap to not have it. Right. Yeah. And he has to really kind of wrestle with like, okay, am I am I happy? Am I like I'm jealous of Morgan, but I I want to be happy for him that he has this thing that made my life so great. But do I like how, but how do I, you know, like, how do I be a good friend? Essentially? How do I, because like we said, the, the Chuck character is unequivocally good, right? He is not particularly a morally, he's not a morally gray character. He's, he is a true blue hero through and through. I mean, this is a character who's never, who's only, killed somebody once on the show right because his Mm -hmm. whole thing like a whole thing for chuck throughout the series is that like he doesn't want to kill anybody like he doesn't even carry a gun sarah and casey carry guns and they kill people but chuck only carries like trank guns to knock them out so that they can be arrested and taken off somewhere he can't he doesn't even that's not even what he does so how does he like 
and you know he's always supportive of Morgan, always like is like is a really good friend to Morgan. So how does he keep being this person with this? Uh, and there's this really big conflict of the intersect. Yeah, and I mean it's hard to be supportive. I think too because as we've mentioned, like Morgan is the goofy one. I'm sure there's a part of Chuck that's thinking like will Morgan be able to handle this responsibility well, you know? Because it Mm -hmm. is a responsibility, and Morgan just sees it as this enormous privilege. Right, and that was going to be my next point, is that I really loved that the show, and another reason why I really love this choice of Morgan having the intersect, is that they show, like, that, you know, Chuck was really the person meant to have it, in that, like, Chuck didn't let the power of the intersect go to his head, Whereas, like, Morgan does. Morgan lets the power go to his head and he lets it go there pretty quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, like, we knew he would. (laughs) (laughs) We all knew he... We all saw this coming from a mile away. It's including, not, but not limited to Chuck himself. Like, that's his BFF. (laughs) He knows exactly how Morgan's mind works. Um, So this season was super interesting because I feel like... Morgan getting the intercept put him in a situation where, like, he was jazzed to have it, but, like, he was kind of forced to mature. Right. Um, so so then what ends up happening is Morgan uh, really quickly were exposed to that, you know, Morgan is not somebody who can handle the intersect. Um, he lets, he kind of just lets it go to his head and he gets really arrogant and he's, and it doesn't make him a better spy because unlike Chuck, Morgan doesn't do the other work to fix himself in the way that Chuck did previously. And he very much doesn't even think there's anything to be fixed. Right. Um, and that's significant. But then furthermore, we realize that there is um, the intersect that Morgan downloaded uh, was intentionally sabotaged by this new sort of villain character, Decker, and that the intersect is like faulty and breaking his brain. So they have to get it out because um, he, Morgan starts to lose his memory and he starts to mentally deteriorate. So they get the intersect out of Morgan's head. Um, And Morgan has to sort of readjust and learn from, you know, having the intersect in his head, have to learn to become a better person and a better boyfriend to Alex and all that good stuff. Which brings us to the end of the fifth season, which to me is, um, I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about it, but uh, we have a new super someone sort of adjacently related to Decker who is a super evil villain who wants, who's trying to put together um, another intersect program to download into his own head and like a good one, not the one that is breaking everybody's brain. So Sarah, in order to save Chuck and in order to save the team when they're being, um, you know, rain, like in a situation downloads the bad intersect into her head and she gets captured by the evil, super evil guy who forces her to flash a bunch of times. And the more you flash is the more like the, the bad intersect deteriorates your brain and this causes sarah to um completely forget everything that happened within the last five years so the entire timeline of the show she doesn't even remember meeting chuck and it's this weird ass like noah alley notebook moment oh gosh because chuck is like i will read this i will tell you the story of us every day till you remember girl and she's just like i am not feeling anything at all 
Pretty much. Like, it it went from, like, being 50 first dates to the notebook. Except the woman in the notebook had dementia. And this notebook, this woman just doesn't know you. She has, like, amnesia. Right. She has amnesia. And he's like, don't you remember that, like, and the show tries to make it. And you guys, this is the season finale. And there's something about the, this is the, not the season, but it's the series finale. And it, there's something about this this particular series ending that felt kind of mean to the fans. It was. Because <laughs> I'm like... like and it's it, not Game of Thrones mean, but it's mean. Right. It's, it's not. You're right. It's not Veronica Mars mean, but it is mean. And <laughs> um, so she... Because, like, they're married, right? And they're talking about, like... And it's just, it's, like, for a show that, like, initially and throughout its run has been, like, really happy, really happy-go-lucky and aw shucks, it's a super tragic ending. I think that's another part of it. It's really tragic because, like, they're talking about having babies and, like, starting a family and putting all their energy into this, like, side, like private security firm that is going to be dedicated to counter countering cyber terrorism. So, and it's, it'll be a job that like essentially is not, that's nine to five. And Sarah's like, I've never had anything like this before. Like this isn't my life at all. So like, she's really excited to sort of like do it. And then it's like, okay, now we're just going to take away all her memories and she doesn't remember Chuck at all and <laughs> this life that she wanted. It's not even all the memories that's messing with me. It's just the memories from five years. So you you conveniently cut him out of her life. Yeah. She from before then. And it's a spy show. There got to be a little gadget that can like repair her memory. But no, no, he's got to go the long way and like pull an Adam Sandler on 51st Day. She's got to remind this girl that, that she's in love with you every day. Right. They try to make it better because they have like sequences where like where she's in all their old spots, right? Cuz before she works at like the the frozen yogurt place, she works at like the her first cover is like the wiener place and she remembers the order the cups go in, right? So mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, you're remembering." And she's like, "Like I guess, like I don't know." And then she goes to like the beach where they kiss the first time. She just sort of feels led there. So the show's trying to make it better, but, like, it's not better. It's just, like, sad. (laughs) It's terrible because here's the thing, and I I really wish that, like, we could think logically about this. Like, love isn't really found. It's created. So, like, think about any time that you've ever been in love. Like, the the series of events and experiences that you had with that person and the, the decisions that you made while you were with that person created the love. You you change the circumstances and you change the decisions, you might not get the outcome. <laughs> right. Like you <laughs> This shit is wild to me. I'm like, you really couldn't just let them be happy. Right. And it it and I think that's the thing that I'm hung up on. It's like, you know, I get it. Endings are hard, particularly unexpected endings. I mean even the whole Sarah losing her, her, all her memories of Chuck, it feels like, it does feel like a season finale thing. Like maybe they thought they'd get like another, like a sixth, a sixth season, but just another 13 episodes. Um, Like it feel, it, this definitely feels like a dun, dun, dun season thing. So to sort of like spin this into a series finale feels weird and wrong and it doesn't it it's just so it's too tragic of an ending for a show that like started out so happy like I'm a big believer that like your beginnings should match your endings in some way whether that's like whether you like do like a callback to the to the beginning which they kind of do or, but mostly it should match it, like, but I think the most important part is, like, it should match in tone. Yeah, like, I agree. You sh- your tone, the, the, your, the tone of your ending should match to 
your series and it doesn't match that's my biggest thing it just doesn't there's match there's so many things wrong you guys first of all the series generally has a note of optimism yeah and that was lost in that finale it feels it always felt like they knew what direction they were heading in and this the ending also feels very much lost and honestly i'm not even exaggerating right now i'm not trying to like blow this out of proportion this was the first time where i felt like the writers might hate those characters <laughs> <laughs> right like like they might have like I, it does it feels like they might hate these people um which is horrible you never want to like feel unless like you do i don't know <laughs> but um, i didn't get it i didn't like it um and honestly, like, you have 13 episodes. You, you knew what it was. Um, I don't understand this aversion to just giving people the happy ending. Why not? Especially on a show like Chuck, which, like I said, was never gave us the energy of being too serious or too intense. It was kind of kooky. It was kind of zany. It was kind of far-fetched. It wouldn't have been out of the realm of possibility to just give us that happy ending. Right? Like Even the Americans gave us a semi-happy ending. Same. I was like, it's kind of crazy that Nikita has, like, a happier ending than Chuck. Chuck. Like, whereas it's like, I think it would be really justified if you gave, if Nikita, if Nikita had had, like, a really tragic ending, I would have been like, okay, that's cool. That makes sense. Like, I feel it. Like, um... Because we were set up for that from Jump. From Jump. Like, and that's the thing. It's like, you've got to... <laughs> so the fact that this has this weird ass tragic ending is so much um but season season five uh and for that my grade for season five is like a is a basic i'm gonna have to agree i'm gonna give it a basic as well literally the only reason i'm not giving it a bad is because what we're talking about only happens over the course of a few episodes but if you're gonna end on this note like don't <laughs> like don't right. don't <laughs> Please don't do this. Um, this was a good show. And like I said, I enjoyed the character Chuck even more than I enjoyed the show. And I really felt like the ending wasn't fair to Chuck, to Sarah, or anyone in their circle, honestly. It's just a lot. Yeah, it's interesting. Zachary Levy is still, is still to this day, very adamant about wanting a Chuck movie. Uh, and I... And I and when I rewatched this finale, I I feel like I understood because um yeah like the ending is terrible. He probably is still stuck on that bad ending. Um, and I would want like a proper ending for my for my thing too. Although I, I think the moments passed. Nobody, I don't think anybody remembers this show anymore, except for like the weird diehard fans of it. I. We've already grieved. We've already gone through the mourning process. It's fine. It's over it's, now. <laughs> right. I'm like, I really feel like this 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 show, like its moment has passed. Um, and I feel that way, not just because it has, but also this show is very like, like I said, it's very early 2000s. This show definitely feels like a moment in time. Um, rather than something that like feels like timeless in, in a way. Uh, which other properties I think have that timelessness of them. This one is, does not have that feeling and it's, it's, you know, it just is what it is. But to all the Chuck fans out there, sorry, sorry that this happened to you. <laughs> um, I mean, one of the greatest lessons we can learn as we mature is when to let go. <laughs> when to let go. That's true. Um, but in this is, this is one of those moments. Let go and let God. Um, it's over now. Um, and and yeah, it was a cute little show. It was a cute little show. It doesn't need a reboot. It doesn't need to be continued. It doesn't need a movie. It's just... But it is like a fun, like, comfort show that I think you can, like, revisit if you're feeling blue. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that. As I said, like, Chuck is very low intensity. It's low stress. I don't feel my blood pressure going up while I'm watching this show.
And there you have it, folks. This is everything that we think made Chuck good, bad, basic, and so hilarious. If you'd like to check out the series, Chuck is currently streaming for free on Tubi. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. If you're a patron on our Patreon, be sure to check out our Chuck playlist if you haven't already. Tune in next week as we keep our Spies and Lies season going with a discussion of ABC's iconic sci-fi spy thriller alias alias is currently streaming for free on tubi so get into it because you don't want to miss out on this conversation listen y'all be sleeping on tubi but they got all the hits they do have the hits (laughs) the good the bad the basic is currently streaming on all major podcast platforms so be sure to tune into our regular weekly episodes on the go leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media Please follow us at the Good Bad Basic on Twitter and at Good Bad Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where all of our weekly episodes debut. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron over on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash good bad basic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular. Ugh. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes, as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time, bye everyone.